Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hello and welcome again to the Dabblers Book Club. This is the podcast for people who have never read Chaucer and probably never will. I am Hadjah. I'm Curtis. And this is episode 13 of the Dabblers Book Club or series 2, episode 3, if you want to break it down into series. We are still in lockdown, just, sort of. I mean, it's the British version of lockdown, which is no one's really doing it properly i don't there's think there's just no shops open there's we're, no, we're well, still crowding no into shops the shops open today didn't they and we're not we're not going we're no, not we're not no. doing the shopping thing do you, do you know there's online working. do people know there's online shopping like that mm. that hasn't been something that's stopped well there's pictures today on twitter of people outside primark and places yeah. on oxford street like in their masses like yeah. queuing up i'm like what's in i mean i suppose people haven't been able to buy like people might need new clothes but I love that like people, we're so British, we can't wait to queue again. Like, this is what people have been missing. It's not even the shopping. It's like, mm. oh, my God, I, I get to queue in more places uh, than I've ever queued before. Um, we're looking forward to sport in this house. I was yeah. never massively into sport, but uh, rugby is, is Curtis's main game. And uh, we've been greatly deprived of it. So got to wait till August to for that one. August. Yeah. I mean, I'm missing, I'm missing the rugby players. For, Me too. for different reasons. Oh. But uh, <laughs> anyway, not sport. Books. That's all we have at the moment. Books are completely all we have. Uh, to the point I'm, I'm kind of bored of this internal life. But books mm. are just about helping us. Oh, I'm enjoying the amount together. of reading I've been able to do <laughs> yeah, during you, lockdown. You've, got, you've raced through loads. Well, we usually record a book for this podcast. Then I'll do two or three before the next one. Um, no, it's great. That's the one good thing that's come out of this, the amount of time I've had to read. Yeah. And I say it because normally... I wake up to my alarm, like this is when it's not an apocalypse or whatever in right now, um, jump in the shower, quick cup of coffee, walk to work. And it's quite a walk to my work. And then, you know, do a day's work, walk home. That's done. Now, because I'm working from home, get up, bring my coffee back to bed, read for an hour yeah. before I start work. The time I spent commuting is now spent... Reading. reading so yeah it's really nice anyway uh we read a book we got given this an one, amazing book yes so we won this yeah i had ordered it on amazon and then i won a twitter competition so i cancelled the amazon order 
Um, so we can't yet say we're a flash podcast that gets sent books. This was actually a competition win. Damn it! Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I like the, oh, I, I like got, the honesty. I got, I got yeah. sent this. The piles and piles of books waiting um, by our door. But um, that is my favourite thing that people do, like um, on like Instagram. They'll be like, "Thanks at Topshop for this new for sorting me out this new tops." Like you thank them, you thank them with your money. Uh-huh. <laughs> like stop pretending you've got a fucking. Thanks centre. BA for an amazing <laughs> flight. It's yeah. Like yeah, you were in economy class. You paid for your ticket. <laughs> Anyway, we'll stop. I'll stop being a twat today. I'm, fee- I'm in. I'm in a bit of a. You're being mood. such a dick. What's wrong I am with you? Being a bit of a dick lately. Be nice to everybody. Uh, let's go straight into the book. How much of these hills is gold? I will go straight for the blurb because, well, they say it best. Ma dies in the night. Ma is already gone. Lucy and Sam, twelve and eleven, are suddenly alone and on the run. With their father's body on their backs, they roam an unforgiving American West dotted with giant buffalo bones and tiger paw prints, searching for a place to give him a proper burial. That's the first part of the blurb, which kind of sets the scene quite well, I think. It's a beautiful cover, absolutely stunning cover. Um, It's sort of like a black and white photo of two horses on their hind legs in... Sort of boxing. (laughs) Kind of boxing, yeah. (laughs) Um, In like the the Wild West. And there's little glistens of gold. Mm, Yeah, it's cool. Embellished with gold. And then like the spine is gold. The spine is gold as well. So this is by Sipam Zhang. This is her debut uh, fiction and it's published by Virago. It's got some brilliant testimonials. Call it testimonials when it's for a book? These things where people have said the journalists have said what they think on the front. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, So this is, it's a beautiful story and you're first sort of with them in the present tense as they are searching for a place to bury their father and there's a burial ritual which um, means you have to find two pieces of silver to place on the eyes before you bury the person and Lucy who is the eldest of the two and was closest to her mother feels this um, responsibility very keenly Um, this is quite a difficult book to read it's beautiful and it's extremely original the writing is very very unique i don't think anyone can imitate si pam zhang's style i think it's very very um it's very spare she uses words very very precisely and the story itself is i think i think gorgeous is the right word for it it's quite magical when you really allow yourself to sort of sit with the words and, and, and go where she's taking you, you really feel that sense of the, the American West. We're talking mm. 19th, 19th century American gold rush, aren't we? Yeah, the scene setting was very nice and I, and I enjoyed it being set out there. Like you say, it was it was challenging. Yeah. It was kind of challenging to read because it doesn't um, spoon feed you. No. As a reader, no. you, it's not, they were here, they were doing this, this was the time. It, like you say, very, I liked how you said spare, yeah, very, mm. very sparse language. Mm. Um, and and you kind of often... Sparse but laden with, you know, it's, it's kind of every, for every five words, mm. you kind of have to unpack what could be a hundred words of... Yeah, I did find it quite quite a challenge but like i said i enjoyed it it was it was a very artistic Mm. and and yeah beautifully set um book one thing i still can't work out whether i liked it or didn't um was that the the storytelling is out of sequence because it opens really really cool with the the two two of them walking and they've got bar's body in the trunk and they're looking for the perfect place to bury him which is really deep and really yeah like 
you're okay, we're on a journey here. And I felt like that was what the book was going to be, them going through these experiences. But then before you know it, you sort of flash back and it's them with Bart and Ma um, alive and what life used to be like mm. with them, travelling around in the gold rush and trying to find work and trying to survive. Up until Ma goes away, mm-hmm. which is very mysterious and sort of you, you get the impression she's died. Yeah. But then later maybe yeah. know, it's revealed that she left them. And I think Lucy says that she's dead, doesn't she? So she must think, yeah, I think, yeah. I can't remember because we know how, <laughs> we know what's revealed afterwards. But I think Lucy thinks she's dead. Yeah, and then it goes up until Bar then then dies. Which, you know, like I say, you get, you get, it gave me a story I didn't know I was going to get. I honestly thought mm-hmm. I was just going to follow, almost a bit like The Road by Cormac McCarthy. Mm-hmm. I thought I was just going to follow them on this journey to, to bury Bar, yeah. which would have been a lot easier to follow, but at the same time wouldn't have given you all these interesting twists and turns and weird situations. But it was, it was cool. Um, did you... I, I swear I felt that they had buried Bar like three times. Like while I was reading it, I was like, okay, they've buried him. Oh no, they haven't. Like I kept... Because th- I, I thought they put him in the salt or something like that, but was she just... There, there was... There so this is where... I was a bit confused. This is where the sparse language, yeah, it confused me as well. And it's weird with books like this. And I say books like this, it's not like anything is the same as this, but no. books that don't spoon feed you what the story is. Me speaking as a stupid reader, I go, okay, I, I think this happened then. Yeah. And then a couple of pages yeah. later, it kind of something else happens that then makes that make sense so yeah i don't entirely know i did actually read a review i can't remember whether it was guardian or wherever but i can't i'm kind of glad i read it actually and i read it when i was only a couple of chapters in uh, or a few chapters in because it said sometimes the story struggles to get through the language yeah um but they called it a rewarding read Mm-hmm. Or like, no, it rewards patience. That's that's what it said. Yeah. And I'm glad I read that review when I did because it spurred me on to read it because the beginning part, I actually, the first half, it was more of a study of language for me. I was noticing a lot of the techniques she was using. Mm-hmm. Um, noticed, obviously, that so we're talking Sam and Lucy, they're two sisters, only a year apart. But you don't realise that Sam is actually a girl until about a chapter or two in because C. Pam Zhang doesn't use a pronoun for her. So it's just Sam does this, Sam does this. Yep. and Sam. Um, so you have a very, I guess, what we say nowadays is a transgender um, female. And yeah, there's no there's no pronoun. I mean, they, she is referred to as a daughter. So I think in The Father, it talks about my daughter. And, you know, it, it's still very definitely female. But you do get the sense that Sam's character really wants to be a man. Yeah, and it's like the dad wanted a boy, wasn't it? Yeah, and that's the thing. It's not clear whether this is something that she's felt so strongly from the father. I'm going to use she, so I'm sorry if that caused any offence, but I I believe that it's still very much daughter and two sisters Mm. within the, the book's language. And yeah, Sam is... Yeah, you're not sure whether it's the father's wish to have a boy and he's just projected all of this sort of male energy onto mm. Sam and Sam has kind of found this masculinity by wanting to please the dad or whether, you know, um, they are what we'd call nowadays a, a, a trans boy. But it, yeah, it's really interesting because I think you get the two, the, the play of the the masculine and the feminine between them as well. And they're mm. clearly, they're very clearly playing out their father and mother's relationship in, in certain ways. All the father yeah. and mother dynamic, they're both copying their parents um for me the book it took off in the second half and that is when and again this is when I th- I thought they'd buried Bar already but then he talks to her in talks to Lucy while she's asleep and sort of says that you know because he's still there he hasn't been buried yet and put to rest 
um, and that's how he can speak to her. And he, he fills her in on what she didn't know about the life and, and, and how so much of his life has been based on a lie. So they are, we get the idea, we get the impression from the beginning that Ma and Ba are Chinese immigrants. Yeah. Um, and that their children are born in America, but obviously still look Chinese and are treated as Chinese mm. people, um, you know, and they're subject to sort of racial abuse and all this kind of thing. And also they're minors as well. So there's a sense that, and they've come, you know, in the twilight of the gold rush. So it's like they've missed the boat. The, the gold's gone, hasn't the it? Gold's the gold's gone. The, yeah, it's run dry and um, he ends up being a coal miner. And there are all these laws passed as well that stop people not born in america from even owning the gold mm. which is amazing when you think of you know the history of america and it was barely 100 years old by that point mm. but yeah the story really takes off when you get into those deep dynamics and actually there was one bit for me which was really very poignant and it's when the father the dead father is sort of speaking to lucy in her sleep and he talks about that kind of scorn that she had for him and in her eyes, how he could, he just felt how much she looked down on him and, and sort of had resentment. I can't remember the exact words, but that was like, that felt like my dad mm-hmm. <laughs> talking to me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What, I, what, I wonder when I was reading that, actually, if you'd like have, have some thoughts on that, because it was two sisters with a very strange relationship to their parents, because just as they're growing up, they're sort of belatedly realising how things were. Mm. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I and, and the fact that they were, they looked Chinese, therefore they were sub- subject to like a lot of flack and things. I just, yeah. I, I, I thought you might, yeah, relate with her. Yeah. He, he was an interesting character as well, because... He was portrayed as sort of not really having the best English or at least not really talking to them much is what I gathered. Like he didn't say a lot for for some of the book. And then there was a chapter where it was his, it seemed like it was him talking to Lucy, whether he was actually talking to her or not. Or well, it was his story. So yeah, it was his story. magical element to it. And yeah. it was, so yeah, you sort of make your mind up whether it was actually said or not. But he's very articulate in that and very deep and he just bears everything to mm. her, doesn't he? And I thought that was really interesting because it's he's American. That's the thing. Mm. He's, he was born and he'd only been pretending to be an immigrant for the mother. Yeah. So the mother had always See, assumed. I, you know, I didn't pick that up. But I think maybe I just didn't crack the code of the language like you did. Yeah, it's 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 not a book you can skim three like no. three lines and you've missed what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's quite. Yeah, it's it demands quite, your actual it attention. It really does. Yeah. I mean, you look at it and it doesn't, it's yeah. it's not that long a book. It's about 270 pages and, um, you know. But isn't that nuts that I've clearly not fully understood the book? I don't mind, like, I don't I don't feel ashamed of that because there's plenty of books I have read that are complicated <laughs> and I've understood just clearly I, I, didn't, I didn't quite plug into this one. But it is interesting, isn't it, how... Um, I can still walk away feeling like I've got such a great sense of the book, and yeah. I can tell. I, I can sit here and tell you that the the scene where the house floods, I thought, was absolutely insane, mm. and the scene where the, the the school where they get pushed around and stuff was, yeah, yeah. you know, incredible. I mean, we've all, you know, everyone can take something from that. But yeah, actually, quite key elements of the story, like the fact he'd been pretending for the mum's purpose. I totally missed that. I, yeah, it I, was when he was talking about, um, and this is where you really get a sense of the mother being. Callous isn't the right word, um, but the climbing one, you know, the social climber. She sort mm. of saw a man who she thought had power. Yeah, you know, so Bar is he. He basically pretended he could speak Chinese uh, to get work from this guy that just saw him and thought he could help him with two hundred yes. Chinese workers yes. that had just come over. And obviously, he couldn't speak Chinese, but Ma 
thinks he has power and money and she sort of projects all these things onto him and also thinks he is um, an immigrant. I can't remember. Oh, that was it because he points sort of over there and he means, you know, um, she thinks he means over the sea. And so that's one big lie. Um, And also it is relevant, but I'm not sure how it plays out because, you know, when the jackals come around to sort of steal all the gold, Mm. at first I thought they'd talk, maybe they meant real jackals. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I thought they were waiting for some wild animals. Um, I don't know what jackals are. I just remember the film. Jackals are poachers, aren't they? I get the impression they're like hyena type things. Right. See, I, yeah, I, um, I never knew what like jackal meant. So it was only when they realized it was men with like jackal hide on them, wasn't it? Or something. Yeah. But again, they, they, that was quite an impressive scene because mm. they described them as if they were just jackals. Yeah. But then through the other descriptions, you're like, okay, it's it's blokes that have come yeah, in. And- yeah. What's interesting in that is that the, I don't know, it was in that scene or after that scene, but the law, make, they change the law and make it clear that anyone who's not an American mm. can't have gold. And obviously Barr can have that gold because yeah. he is American. And I don't know whether that's not challenged because it would be clear to Ma that it's a lie or whether... Maybe she knows by that point or whether obviously mm. they wouldn't believe him and all this sort of thing. So it's kind of interesting in the historical elements of it, which I imagine obviously are very, probably very well researched and all true. Um, one would hope I haven't double checked. Um, but yeah, you get you you realise through Bar's story and it's this very sad, sad story of a father misunderstood, which I think a lot mm. of people either relate to or fear you know, of their relationships with their own fathers because it is very easy to polarise your parents. And that was, yeah, it really filled me with sadness, that point where he sort of said about how Lucy just looked at him as if he didn't know anything. And um, mm. um, But yeah. Yeah, I did feel sorry for him at that point. Yeah, and you realise, and, and you do realise that Ma is the driving force in that whole family, but not necessarily, not for everyone's benefit. Mm. Um, she's doing it because she's, been obsessed with that social climbing and she wants the man with the power and and she is ultimately the one that leaves her children um and takes gold and like actually yeah <laughs> hides gold in her mouth and i thought that was very clever actually i thought the way because she talks about i don't know where she gets slapped in the cheek or something and it's so she looks like it's a um it's puffed up and swollen up. Gold in our mouth. Yeah, for me, the book. Sorry, I've just been completely rambling. But well, I don't know if it's because you got it and I didn't. But um, I, it's because I didn't. I'm sort of listening to you talk about it. Going, <laughs> uh, I, and also, I did read it about three weeks ago now. So, uh. <laughs> but that's the thing. I don't. I don't even know if I did get it. I am. Um, I'm just trying to figure it out. The second half of it, I found very powerful, um, and it flowed a bit easier. I think also mm-hmm. when you were in. Bar's voice yeah. when it was conversational and sort of dialogue that was much easier to read but then when you you're with them in sort of five years later yeah um, yeah I thought all that stuff I thought that was great yeah. um, and when she well they end up in that brothel and there's sort of the, the right the end with, yeah run down with the owner or is that not the part you're talking about no so the I'm talking about when she meet makes friends with is it Anne or Anna um, yeah uh, Anne I think yeah who basically makes her a pet really in that sort of rich girl way yeah i found all that very weird i mean very real but well i think it was a sign i think lucy had obviously that sense that she could climb like her mother might have thought that she could climb and that her beauty was her only weapon and all that sort of thing and i think that the way they both treated her was so racialized Mm. um and so 
yeah, ultimately disempowering because it's like, no, you are just, you're only as valuable as what you hide and as long as you hide it, but ultimately if people get impatient, mm. <laughs> you're, they, you know, they're not going to value you. Um, and I think it was when her, when Anne went, oh, what did he, what, what would he want with you? It was this, oh, she doesn't see Lucy in any way, shape or form as an equal. And the fact that she could even imagine that any man would find her attractive. And yeah, that's, and, but in here you obviously have the, the fetishization of, of a Chinese girl, even though she's, you know, born and raised in America. All people see is the, yeah. the face. And, well, and with these girls, it's, you, you, you just see how actually how hard it must be for, you know, so, some kids that are born in a country where, you know, it's, the, it's, it's their native country, but it's not their parents or mm. they look different or whatever. And they just, it's such a shame because before they even know that they're different, they don't stand a the chance. They're getting treated different at school, yeah. getting spat on by the kids and stuff. And I mean, God, horrid. up until I was 20, I was still, I remember I was um, my first boyfriend at uni um he was posh and all his friends were posh and i remember i can't remember what the deal was it was some sort of email that went round and it was oh who's found themselves an iranian girlfriend and i was like one i'm only half iranian two i'm british born and raised it was mm. just like this weird exotic kind of fetishization you know obviously it's not to the same degree as as in this book but yeah and it's it's how rich twats treat people like that um, yeah because and it's just someone going what my fundamentally who i am is funny is it yeah is it yeah part of your joke is, like, it, yeah, is this the most interesting part of me as well and it becomes mm. a a win for the men yeah not even yeah and, and that's me modern day england white skinned mm. you know didn't even wear a headscarf then it's like oh no it's still the exotic yeah. thing which these posh Twice. But they were all like mega posh as weren't they? And they're just awful. Yeah, people. but yeah, not aristocrat posh, but yeah, posh. But you know, they're the ones with the power. And in this book, we see it's mm. you know, it's those people with the power yeah, um, yeah. that think the world's a playground for them. So uh, the author wrote this. I think she started writing it after her father died at twenty-two, and it was quite a um, sort of meditation on some mm. of that. I think for her. And it does come across beautifully. You do get this sense that maybe there's some kind of regret or, you know, the unsaid things and the, mm. um, and that is really... Yeah, she might have been, I mean, yeah. I obviously I don't know this, but she may have been figuring out some stuff and some feelings by writing it. Yeah. You know, sometimes, you, you know, whatever your outlet is, whether you write, whether you make music, whether you do, you know, draw, you find out how you feel about a thing by doing your yeah. creative outlet. So, you know, hopefully she got in touch with some stuff <laughs> and, you know... I think the whole two girls on in the desert thing as well. I, I I wonder if that's her exploring two sides to herself, and oh, yeah. you know, putting it in that context of complete isolation and that arid landscape, and the just how lost they were, and just without anything, you mm. know. Um, again, it's sort of like that um, crawdads, you know. Mm. It's that survival thing of young girls. Yeah, um, it's really fascinating. You do feel the eggs; they're just so vulnerable. But weirdly, as well, I feel like as soon as they lose their parents, they're unburdened. Mm. Lucy and Sam, mm. you know, they've got all you know the most uphill of uphill struggles. Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. But suddenly without these parents that in their own weird ways were hindrances to That's them. That's Dysfunctional. I just felt like, yeah, they were cut loose. There was this opportunity, you know. Yeah. It just reminded me of one of my really um, <laughs> pointless um, uh, tangents. Go on. Um, well, I mean, my um, my uncle and auntie years ago used to live next door to this quite dysfunctional family. And any time we went around there, you would hear screaming and things hitting the walls oh, and yeah. stuff. And apparently, the bloke was a really nasty piece of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, you know, were together for years and that. But like, this woman was trying to raise kids with this basically alcoholic, like complete mm-hmm. arsehole that had come home. And basically one night he was like walking home from the pub down this like country road and like a lorry hit him or something. Mm. And that was that. And he died. And I remember my auntie telling me sometime after, apparently like literally the next day while the woman was very shaken up and very grieving straight away, she was going, weirdly, this is the best thing that could have happened because he was so awful and she didn't want him to die, but she didn't know a way out of it. Um, It's not that comparable to this, but still um, to a degree, it's like fate takes people away. Yeah, yeah. Weirdly, it can kind of set you. And you don't, free. She doesn't have to deal with any of the guilt. Yeah. Like, well, I'm sure there would have been guilt, but yeah. not guilt. She didn't kill him. You no. Know what yeah. I mean? Life, life intervenes, wow. takes somebody, and obviously, sometimes that can almost be like you know taking a straitjacket off of somebody. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah, I hadn't even actually. I, hadn't, I don't think I'd computed that side of it that they were free from their parents. At all, <laughs> which I really should have done. That's <laughs> right. I didn't understand the very basic fundamentals, but I got that. Well, so. I this I feel like there's so much that I've missed from it. I feel like there's so much more I could have taken. It is. It is a hard read. Like, mm. I mean, if you're listening to this, hopefully you've already read it. If you haven't read it, I would recommend it as just as a study. Again, it's a bit like the Night Boat to Tangier thing. There are some great passages in that, but although this is so like millions of times better for me. I think so. it did the same job as that. Yeah. As in it was beautiful language, but very, very difficult to access the story. You had to work for it. I think, like you say, this did so much of a... I think the substance... It's not comparable because this is really yeah, good. The, uh. the substance of this story is so strong and uh, and gorgeous and kind of heartbreaking. And it leaves you grappling with a lot of things. You know, there's grief. There's how we deal with our parents. There's um, relationships between sisters. There's gender. There's 
yeah, masculine and feminine roles as well. Um, regret, the immigrant experience, the born but treated like an immigrant experience. Mm. What did you think to the teacher that um, mm. sort of took a fascination with Lucy and ended up like picking her brains and wanting to know her history to fuel his own, was it his own like sort of history book he was Yeah, compiling? that was very interesting. Yeah, and then she was just this tiny part in the end because she read it when she was um, in the brothel at the end. Yeah, and he went right the other way when she announced she was leaving, didn't he? Um, yeah, see, I, I can't, I can't remember him that strongly. I do believe that the mother probably ran off with him or something. Like that's the sense. I again, it was hinted at, but I didn't hinted, com- but yeah. I didn't conclusively understand no, I mean, what I, happened I, I, there, I don't, but, um, I don't know. But I knew that actually there was a moment in time where she went to school, she struggled a bit, but he sort of reached out to her, mm-hmm. took her slightly under his wing and gave her these extra lessons at home and then there was a friendship with the mother mm. he was really probing to learn everything about her because he was writing a book about different people from different lands and different i mean that's very if, very white <laughs> it's very white it's very white man wanting to write something interesting and then studying people who can actually write their own stories thank you very much yeah um and yeah it's um, like when i tried to write that book about finnish people i don't think that's the same at all but I felt a bit like that when, because I, I did sit a couple of people down and interview <laughs> it's them. It's really not the same. Yeah. So for context for the listener, it was actually a really good idea. I just lost faith in it. But I was so fascinated by drinking culture in Finland. Yeah, I but, don't think anyone can compare that to a white man like no, exploiting. No, but I, fe- <laughs> I, I was so um, intrigued by the bizarre way they drank to excess yeah. all the time as such a culture. Mm. And and th- when I found myself sat down with friends that were barmen or were, you know, whatever, and just saying, okay, and, w- and when you crack open a bottle of salmiaki, what goes through your head? <laughs> I just <laughs> felt like fine. I just felt like such a twat. Like, you know, no, like... <laughs> that's fine. That's interviewing someone. That's completely normal. That's not like stealing their story and making it yeah. make you interesting. That's the difference. Um, and there are ways of writing about other cultures and other people that are not exploitative and you working class white boy that likes a drink interviewing working class Finnish men that like a drink I don't think it is comparable at all you're all right in my okay. book I'll still copyright and I'm the mixed idea race, so I can speak to that you know I can speak on you behalf can weigh of everyone. in with authority yeah. Yeah. um <laughs> but yeah no it did, I, I wasn't sure about the teacher you in a way you kind of want the teacher to be this great character for her you want mm. him to be some sort of savior and he's not like he's only yeah he turns out to be a bit selfish is what i took like, from it like all of the, yeah that's yeah. the thing i think she's so unsafe yes um, very vulnerable so so vulnerable no one will look after her um anyone who does it's all either this sort of fascination with the foreign um mm. rather than seeing her yeah um, and people must so get that and you know it's almost a shame because then people will become sick of talking about it. Like you say, you you do, you don't want to just like be the Iranian to people yeah. at university. However, it and it's a shame because those are obviously really interesting aspects of identity. But if if it's the one thing you talk about, then it's like, oh, I don't have a personality. It's mm. it's like mainstream news wheeling mm. out Muslims, people of color, black people whenever there's an issue specifically to do with their identity, rather than like actually what they. I mean, I was wheeled out all the time on local, like, BBC radio and some national radio, too, sometimes, talking about, like, Muslim issues and stuff. Mm. I was 18. Like, imagine asking an 18-year-old Christian mm. 
who just happens to go to church and going, so what do you think about the Archbishop of Canterbury's latest thing that he said? What do you think of these edicts that they've just come at past? It's just so ridiculous. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, like my view should have been part of a Vox Pop. It should never have been, well, we're sat joined by Hadjah, who's going to talk to us for 40 minutes about what all Muslims in the country think. And uh, no, we know nothing else about Hadjah except the fact yeah. that she's Muslim. Did you know the only tiny, tiny way, and I cannot relate to it, but the, I'm trying to pull something out of the Go bag on, so I boy. can, <laughs> is where we, I was working with a band in Sweden yeah. when Brexit went through. Yeah. I remember the morning that, like, you know, Britain had voted to leave the EU. We we walked into the cafeteria of where we were staying. We knew everybody. And there was genuine, genuine frostiness. And everyone was a bit like... Wow. So what the fuck about this Brexit thing? And and we felt not, we didn't do it. And it's all anyone wanted to talk about <laughs> yeah. that week. And they they were not even. They was like you know quite frosty going. You know, so you're leaving. And I was just like, well, ideally not. Well, that's but... just when you realise that everyone else in Europe is far more political than yeah. you are in Britain, and we yeah. know nothing. And by the way, I'm not comparing that to. <laughs> no, I, um, <laughs> I realise um, that's not no, uh, but the it, same it, ballpark. It, but just imagine having that every day of your life. Yes, I think that's basically yes. it. And what people who have a difference. Yes. Um, you know, that's not the white yeah. mainstream. If you're a left-handed guitarist, it's amazing how often people feel the need to go, oh, left-handed. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to be part of this club, Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> let me in. I'm trying to find anything. <laughs> you with your blonde hair and blue eyes. Try something oh, else. No. So anyway, the, I, I didn't know what I thought about the teacher. Um, it, but again, I think her writing is subtle in the messages she's wanting you to sort of glean from it i mean it's an interesting book actually when i was just saying the word subtle i think because some of it is so very very bold but the messages are they just make you a little bit uncomfortable i think everything going mm. through it's like oh i'm just a little bit uncomfortable um yeah the whole the whole read was uncomfortable mm. and i don't mean that as a criticism no um i was constantly being pulled this way and that yeah. way and trying to find my I guess it's like yeah I could I could never find my footing it didn't just yeah. sit and groove the first bit was very destabilizing I yes. was like I didn't know where I was mm. um yeah and because you kind of don't know where they are other than the blurb really that's the reason you sort of know that they're in the American yeah. west and it's you know I guess 19th century um the I've... years they set at first I thought it was like the Chinese year but it's not because we're like two and a half thousand years out of the Chinese um calendar so you know because it has xx62 yeah which i just thought they were like patterns I didn't know. <laughs> 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 which would be which would either be 2062 oh, yes. yeah it, it is xx62 i've just seen it yeah and I've lost the um, page. and i i i started trying to decode it i was like i just don't know what that is um so if anyone wants to oh my god the what? 49ers san francisco that's like to do with the gold rush is it the first people to rush to the gold fields beginning in the spring of 1848 were the residents of California themselves. Da, 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 da. By the beginning of 1849, word of the gold rush had spread around the world and an overwhelming number of gold seekers and merchants began to arrive from virtually every continent. The largest group of 49ers in 1849 were Americans arriving by the tens of thousands overland across the continent. The name 49er was derived from the year 1849. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I just assumed that was the American football team that was founded in 1949. Um, Maybe it is as well. 
I <laughs> but, I'm um, guessing it's from there. Anyway, but the Gold Rush does sound fascinating, and I've, I was like, you know, where you, whenever you see like an old sort of Western movie that features um, like the gold mining towns, it's, it's so nice visually, and I imagine there's a lot of fascinating stuff there. So I'd like to read some decent like nonfiction on it. Uh, yeah, the name Forty Nine comes from the prospectors who arrived in Northern California in 1849. Well, oh, school day. I mean, there was a lot to learn, but we learned something. Good, good. I needed to learn something, actually, because this has been a waffly one. Um, yeah, sorry. I've been a talking absolute shit. I don't think we're any closer to sort of saying exactly how we feel about that, which I think is probably quite a feat for a book, really, when you're left going, I don't know. Sure. I, I, just, I liked it. I just didn't I fully decode it and comprehend mm. it, but I, I certainly took away... I enjoyed I enjoyed reading it. Shall we look at one star reviews? One star there reviews. There probably won't be many. Little bit of context, just in case there's a first time listener. We like to every week read some one star reviews on Amazon of the book. Not not to be negative, just because we think that people leave one star reviews are um angry people make good listening. Yeah, I think pretty that's pretty the main angry. Thing. It's yeah. like how do you get so angry about something? Right. Well, it's telling me that there's four percent of reviews, but it's not letting me see them. Well, I. Do- before we recorded this, I did a quick flip through Goodreads uh, just to jog my memory because it's been a few weeks since I finished it. And a lot of people very, very positive about mm. this book. People really admire this as like a work of art and they like yeah. the poetry of it and they like the depth of the two sisters and the journey they go on, which I guess is what we've said we did take from it. Just sort of. I think, I think it's stunning. It just does take a slow, a slow read. I'm not sure. Okay, here's one one star. One star reviews. I don't go. think we're going to get much. Well done, uh, C. Pam Zhang. That's I good. mean, people who love to leave awful reviews have not done so. Um, not my cup of tea, Sai. Didn't hold my interest. Difficult to invest, but I did read half the book. Okay. <laughs> I, I feel that's like, but don't take my word for it because I only read half the book. I think she's sort of downplaying um, her own review there. Okay. All the other reviews are really, really good. Is that literally all we've got? That's, that's literally the only one I can see on Amazon. That's oh, bravo. Yeah. I mean, annoying for, for us because yeah. I like to. That's 15 <laughs> minutes gone where we just read out angry people. Yeah, that's it. Well. I think, uh, is this is this like recently released? It's recently released. Um, I think because she's a debut author, I think lockdown is being has been hard on debut authors. It's hard to kind of build up that buzz because when you think of how many book events authors do, mm, um, and mm. you know the switch to online, you know has, has hasn't been the easiest for a lot of people. So hopefully after lockdown, she'll be doing some more yeah, events and surge. Um, and it will. Yeah, I mean it is it is a stunning book. I think it's it really is a masterpiece. I really do. I think it it's the sort of book, and I don't read books twice. It is the sort of book I might actually read again. Would you really? Like, I never read books twice. But they're... It's just... It's very, very clever. Um, there's a lot to unpack. I hate saying that. There's a lot to unpack <laughs> there's in There's a it. lot to unpack There's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> there's different levels to it. It's the sort of thing I would absolutely... If I were ever to teach creative writing, it would be like, right, tell me what you're doing here, tell me what you're doing this part. Yeah, I think it's definitely a book people should read no matter how, how much they struggle with it. Mm. I mean, some people won't struggle. Some people will find it quite easy to access yeah. that language and enjoy. But I think if someone was reading this and disliked it, they would. it's worth the perseverance. Yeah, I think you need to read it slowly. As soon as I allowed myself to read it slowly, the second half actually did, um, I sort of flew through. And the ending, um, I mean, it ends on a an unsentence because um, it's about what she wants, which is such a blank for a lot of women who have grown up in yeah 
I'll read. I'll read the last bit, or is that really is no, that rubbish no. to read the last bit? We did that with another book. Um, we did it with the, uh, the where all the animals got a virus and they eat people. Okay. The Argentinian book. Hurt tender is the flesh. That's it. It's a very long sentence, but there is claiming the land which Barr wanted to do, which Sam refused, and then there is being claimed by it the quiet way, a kind of gift in never knowing how much of these hills might be gold. Because maybe if you only went far enough, waited long enough, held enough sadness pulled in your veins, soon you might come upon a path you knew. The shapes of rocks would look like familiar faces. The trees would greet you, buds and birdsong lilting up. And because this land had gouged in you an animal's kind of claiming, senseless to words and laws, dry grass drawing blood, a tiger's mark in a ruined leg, ticks and torn blisters, wind-coarsened hair, sunburned in patterns to leave skin striped or spotted. Then, if you ran, you might hear on the wind, or welling up in your own parched mouth, something like and unlike an echo, coming from before or behind, the sound of a voice you've always known calling your name. She opens her mouth. She wants... And that's it. <laughs> um, what do you think she wants? I, I, freedom. But I think she wants to be of the land i think that's mm, it. she just wants, wants to, to belong feel and that actually sort of reminds me of um the vegetarian um by han kang where she is trying to make herself a tree and and sam wants to be sort of mm. sam gives the gold back to the sea yes and which is mental she could have bought herself a really nice watch or like <laughs> and i think well that's them breaking free from their parents isn't it it's mm. they've broken free from we're their not, mother yeah we're not going to play the game yeah, you they're played not playing that yeah game. Um, and you don't know what the hell happens to them, but there is this sadness that Lucy is still her body. Ultimately, mm. that's the value. That's the thing yeah. she can use to pay off her debt. It's very sad, and it's the story yeah. though as well, um, because it's not. It's not that men want sex; they want the story that comes with the sex, and she can tell them any story they want. Um, yeah. and that's the. Oh, it, I mean, I don't know. It's. It is quite something, this book. I don't think we've ever been left quite so speechless in a way, although we did talk a lot. I talked a lot. I'm so sorry. This is basically Hadger's monologue this week. That's fine. Hadger's we, book club. Um, it, it's fine. It, I, it's just quite inconclusive for me. Because mm -hmm. I, I, do, I do not sit here and think, I loved reading this. Mm. Then again, I did not hate it. And I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm glad I read it. I, it's, it's weird. How do you, you know, how do you place that? Well, for me, it really, again, like when I say when a book, I didn't think this was going to stick with me when I was reading the first few chapters, but it, after the, the second half really did um, mm. to the point that when I went to sleep, yeah, I dreamt of cutting my hair and then being born again. And it, oh I had all these weird dreams of like similar sort of themes. And yeah, the hair cutting was a big part. Like I kept cutting my hair in my dream, which is a big part of this book mm. and a big thing for it's a big mm. motif in a lot of books with female characters. Uh, you know, cutting your hair is a sign of sort of breaking free. Mm. You did cut your hair, didn't you, when you were a kid? I did. <laughs> I did. I sat behind a sofa, stole my mum's sewing scissors and cut my hair and then was oh. called Baldy Baldy every morning for the next week by one of the uh, nursery teachers. The bitch. Anyway. <laughs> that was fun. And I've cut my, you know, I've shaved my head for the first time during lockdown Not so same. same thing <laughs> this week's been a lot of me trying to like be like yeah i've i've struggled um <laughs> you, you know 
You get it. Right, shall we? Sorry there's been no one-star reviews. That's really annoying, but um, also great for, for the author. I imagine if someone listened to this podcast going, oh, I was thinking about reading that book. Let me see if I should. They still don't fucking <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, sorry. I mean, we've, we've, we've said everything anyway. We've given all the spoilers. Um, but it's not about the spoilers. Like you, I could literally... Yeah, I was going to say I could give all the spoilers and you'd still need to read the book. But actually, no, there are things that you do need to read and you need mm. to be fooled by the characters in the book yes um, yes well i mean should we wrap up then what are we what are we giving it have to yeah early night this one um <laughs> okay i'm going to have to give it a six mm-hmm. which sounds ridiculous to give such a mundane number <laughs> to a really really impressive book but while i appreciated it i didn't love it mm. so the struggle you know weighs me down from giving it a higher mark yeah it's so, just not up so, there for you. so with with all of the respect i can possibly deliver it <laughs> with i give it a six how about you um, I think I would give it an 8.5. So as always, we meet in the middle? Yeah. What's 7.5? <laughs> suppose you're going to get your way, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that extra half. Yeah. yeah. For me, it's a masterpiece of writing. It definitely takes a patient reader. I looked at it thinking, cool, that'll take me a day, you know, and it didn't. It took me quite a while to read. But as soon as I relaxed into it and stopped trying to rush it, I really, really enjoyed it. And I think it's it's beautiful. I love the the premise. Um, I love the dynamics it explores. I love that you really, yeah, you just have to lose yourself in the words. Um, and I love that she's, that Si Pam Zhang has sort of given this just a very, very original story. And really, I mean, fucking hell, it's going to have to win like crazy awards because... It's just, it's one of those award-winning books, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. so original and so unique. That I will definitely agree with. It's yeah. so, so unique. Yeah. Um, oh, incredible. And a beautiful cover. So beautiful well cover. done, the cover artists. So, How Much of These Hills is Gold by Si Pam Zhang. We're giving it a 7.5. It is incredible. Uh, very much recommend you giving it a whirl. What are we reading next time? Next time, I think I might have said this uh, erroneously last time that we were doing this this week. Uh, we are doing Jose Saramago's Death at Intervals, and we're going to have a special guest on the show. For the first time first ever. First time, our first How ever exciting. guest. Uh, yeah, episode 14 at the Dabblers Book Club. We will have our first guest, and it is... A very established person in the literary community. <laughs> <laughs> it's a drummer we know called Rick. <laughs> He's awesome. Uh, Rick, who every gig we've ever had with him, you can have a good old chat about books, philosophy. Yeah. Rick is not one for light conversations, is he? No, he's a, he's a chatter. Uh, he's a very good chatter. I've had many a good beers on tour with Rick. Here, well, not on tour, but on location with Rick. He's a lovely guy. You know everything we spoke about today, actually, about how, you know, not making you the Iranian, not defining oh, yeah, someone, just called the him. amount of, like abuse we've given him for being Portuguese <laughs> and just making it his one defining character. I feel like a monster because I've gone and said how wrong that is, but it's all me and uh, other friends of ours that know Rick do. Uh, um, well, but he'll tell you all about that when he comes on. Yeah, I mean, so he has read Death at Intervals in both languages, Portuguese and English, so we cannot wait to talk to him all about that. We're just going to read it in English. Just English. Cool. I'm going to, yeah, I'll... I'll read it in Portuguese another time. Yeah, me too. Right, thank you so much for listening and for bearing with basically what, uh, my monologue about how much of these hills is gold, where I don't think I helped you understand it at all, so apologies. But yeah, loved it. Do do get it. Do take your time over it. And if I've already given you all the spoilers, then I am sorry. You've been listening to the Dabblers Book Club. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.